my mom took the little bit of money that was there and she said she was going to go shopping for us to a nearby village. She left, she said she'll be back, but she never came back. Irina Creek was four years old and living in the former Soviet Union when her mother disappeared. Her father was in prison, so Irina was taken to an orphanage. Her young heart slowly grew bitter as she waited and waited for her dad to come and take her home. That was the hardest thing for me. One day it just hit me. I had to realize that he is not coming back for me, that nobody's coming back for me. Your love will never be unfaithful. Never walk out on me. Never walk out on me. Even though Irina's mother and father both abandoned her, God never did. And she's going to share how God revealed himself and his love to her on this episode of GPS, God People Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. One of the ways God showed Irina his love was through a gift she received from a stranger. After she tells us more of that story, you'll hear a word from Billy Graham about a gift God offers to you. God is the giver of a gift. God gave a person as a gift to every one of us, and that person is Jesus Christ. You can learn more about Jesus Christ right now at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. We also want to remind you about our 24-hour prayer line. The number is 888-388-2683. If you want to pray with someone, you can call anytime. Again, the number is 888-388-2683. GPS. God. People. Stories. I was born in 1989 in a part of the Soviet Union um, farming area. Irina's parents struggled with alcohol and drug addiction, something that deeply affected Irina's life, beginning the very day she was born. I was actually born on the side of the road because my mom was, um, you know, intoxicated at the time. And uh, she was um, beginning to go into labor on the side of the road. And a passerby farmer who was, um, you know, had a horse and uh, like a flatbed for uh, carrying hay. Uh, He was pulling that. And so he pulled off to the side of the road, pulled my mom up on that flatbed. And that's where I was born. Irina grew up with a sister who served as her caretaker when their parents weren't up to the task, even though her sister was only a year and a half older than her. I just remember being very poor and hungry at times. She also lived in fear of her father. I remember being very afraid of him because he would get drunk and then would suddenly become like a different person, very unpredictable, would blow off and would... Um, just be violent. Um, and he would get into trouble, especially with other men. You know, he would get into fights. So I saw him in that kind of mood. And it was just scary because I didn't know if I was going to be next or what would happen. And it was his violent temper that landed Irina's father in prison. In the midst of, you know, a drunken kind of party, he ended up stabbing to death one of his closest friends. Irina remembers her dad being taken away, but not really understanding why he was being taken away. After he'd been in prison for a while, he sent a package to Irina's mother. He'd been able to earn a little money while working in prison. 
And so he sent some of that money to her, and she was just ecstatic. And I remember getting that wooden package. It was like a crate, you know, just a wooden box. And it was full of fresh cranberries. It was so exciting because treats like that were just so rare for us. And I just remember being so excited. One of the most exciting days um, of my childhood. And just to think that our dad was thinking about us uh, far away, wherever he was in prison, he was thinking of us and taking care of us. Receiving that crate full of cranberries from her dad would be Irina's last joyful memory for a very long time. My mom took the little bit of money that was there, and she said she was going to go shopping for us to a nearby village. She left. She said she'll be back, but she never came back. Days passed with no sign of the girl's mother. Irina and her sister never saw her again. There was some bags of children's clothes on our side of the river. Um, So apparently she had gone and gotten things, but something happened along the way in that she never made it to our our home. And a body was never found. So, you know, there, there are questions there. But also I'm thankful that I don't have all the details because it gives me less to think about, less to process. Uh, So that's, that's also God's grace. But what happened after that was we didn't know what happened to our mom. So we just stayed at home and uh, we were waiting for her to come back. But then we didn't have any food. Um, So we began to tell our neighbors that our mom is not coming back. And so um, I guess they called the authorities and they came to pick us up. Imagine the first few years of your life being so difficult that the thought of going to an orphanage isn't as scary as it is exciting. That was the reality for Irina, who was just four years old when she went to the orphanage. I was so excited that I was going to have friends I imagined playing with the children and just having a great time with them. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Irina says that the adults who ran the orphanage were abusive. She says they humiliated the children on a daily basis while controlling their every move, even dictating when they could use the bathroom. They would get me in trouble no matter what I did. I would try to please them. But they would always find reasons to knock me down and to, to speak negatively to me, to beat me, uh, you know, to grab me by my hair and, you know, to throw me around uh, physically. I felt like I couldn't please them. So the way I dealt with it was I just decided I'm going to do specifically the things that they don't want me to. Um, and I guess that was it was it was not good. I, I don't recommend it. It was just the way I dealt with it. And that's when I began to have negative thoughts. And, you know, Satan uses difficulties to build into us unforgiveness and bitterness so that we would act on them and hurt other people. That's exactly what he wanted me to do. And I was beginning to submit to that. To make matters worse, Irina's sister was sent to a different orphanage for school-age children. Irina had lost her mother, her father, and now her sister. But she was holding out hope that her father would come back for her. He said, you know, I love you. You're my girls. I'm going to come back and get you. And so I I waited. 
for a long time, but it didn't happen. You know, I, I remember that was the hardest thing for me. One day it just hit me. I had to realize that he is not coming back for me, that nobody's coming back for me. Irina's first glimmer of hope appeared when she was six. It was time to transfer to a new orphanage. And by the grace of God, she was reunited with her sister. And her new home was like nothing she had ever experienced. Oh, wow. It was like night and day. What's interesting is that this orphanage was in the same region, under the same government. Um, So the fact that there was a difference, I think, has to do with from top down. The director was a kind man, and he actually cared about children. And he did not put up with any sort of abuse. He actually did the complete opposite. And for the next few years, Irina was happy being in an orphanage. I felt loved. I felt appreciated. My teacher also was very kind. Actually, two of them were very kind to me. And One discovered that I had an ability to to draw and to paint, and she would encourage me in that, even though sometimes the government didn't provide the materials needed for that, and she didn't have the money to provide. Actually, sometimes the caregiver's children were less off than we were because uh, their jobs just didn't pay much. But we learned from their example that love is sacrifice. So she would come from home to our orphanage and she would bring the little bit that she had in order to help us. Like she took her wallpaper down uh, just to give us little strips of paper to draw on because she saw there was something there uh, in our abilities to draw. So I will never forget that. Something else Irina will never forget happened when she was 10 years old. It was a school day, and we were told that there's going to be a special event later in the day, and everybody go to the gym. So we did. We were so excited that classes were canceled for the rest of the day. I have never experienced that before. (laughs) I was so excited just because classes were canceled. So I knew it was going to be really special something, uh, something that was not expected for us. So we walked into the gym and I saw this huge pile of boxes. Irina wanted to believe the pile of colorful shoe boxes was meant for her and her friends, but she didn't dare get her hopes up. I was thinking, this looks like something for us. But it was hard for me to even accept that joy in my heart. I was trying to restrain myself from being too excited because I've never experienced anything like that before. The boxes really were for the children. About 130 of them lived at the orphanage. And that day, each child received a shoebox full of gifts from Operation Christmas Child, a ministry of Samaritan's Purse. Now, if you've packed a shoebox, you probably know the impact it can have on a child in another part of the world. If not, Irina's about to tell you. To us, it was huge. Um, It was more than I've ever owned and all in one day. And so what I appreciate about the ministry is that Operation Christmas Child gifts make it easy for the children to connect because there's a need that's being met. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't just go in to tell people what they should do differently in their life 
although that's valuable and it's very important. But he didn't start there. He started with meeting their needs. And that's what I experienced that day was my needs were met. I felt so valued. The shoeboxes can contain everything from toothbrushes to toys. The goal is to show God's love tangibly to children living through poverty, war, or other hardships. Irina's box contained colorful hair clips, which were luxury items in her eyes. They were perfect for Irina's long, dark hair. But the most exciting gift was something she had never seen before, and the sight of it stumped her. See if you can figure out what it was. I just thought it was just a toy, but I was disappointed that there was a hole in it at the top. Uh, it was in the shape of a little dinosaur, which just was so cool. It was very well made and just beautiful. And I, I just loved it. But it, it bothered me that there's a hole in it until a teacher came up to me and <laughs> showed me how to use it. So I just was delighted. Now, in case you didn't figure it out, the mysterious item was a pencil sharpener. Irina loved to draw, so it was another perfect gift for her. I thought, you know, American people are so creative that they would combine a toy with a practical item to sharpen the pencil. It just blew my mind. We, we just didn't see things like that in the orphanage. The box of presents was overwhelming in the most positive sense. But it was the message behind those presents that changed Irina's life. I thought to myself, who would do this for me? And what happened was my heart was completely open because I wanted to know why. I wanted to know how. I just had these questions that were suddenly, you know, at the forefront of my mind. Who would do this to me and why? And they answered those questions during the presentation. It was a very short presentation that rocked my world. It answered the deepest questions of my heart. You know, I was 10 years old. So imagine the impact that it had on me as a little girl who had so many questions and not too many people that would answer my questions. But God was there in the power of the Holy Spirit. When they said, God is like a father who sent his son from heaven to earth to show us the way back to the father. So what it meant to me is that God is the God of adoption. It meant to me that the creator of this world, the most important being there is, knows my name. He knows about me, and he cares about me to such an extent that he provided a way for me and that he made a promise for the rest of my life that he will be with me. God tells us many times throughout the Bible that he will never leave us. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, Jesus tells his followers, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Irina had just heard the good news that she had a heavenly father who would never leave her. For a little girl who had been let down by her parents, the promise of God's unending love was something she was eager to accept. That is so important. I've never heard of anybody make that promise, and I haven't since. <laughs> And, uh, of course, I made that commitment right away. And not only that, I said to God that I want to go to a family that would teach me more about you. I want to be adopted because I see you as the God of adoption. I've had that dream, and I think you can make it possible. But that day that I prayed to God, I also said, I want to be like those people who brought 
these gifts to us and shared the good news, it was like I suddenly saw my future as a person who would be the one to bring the solution to somebody else's problem. And that's the power of God. It could take somebody in a situation that is so uncertain, so hopeless, and give a vision. Also give patience and faith that it takes to wait and to trust uh, that is going to work out. And it did. Two years after Irina received her shoebox and started trusting Jesus with her life, she was adopted along with her sister. The day that somebody came to tell me that we are being adopted, I was not surprised at all. It was like, oh, yes, this is the day that the Lord made it possible what I believed. He spoke into my heart and said that he's going to do for me. Irina and her sister were adopted by a Christian couple from Florence, South Carolina. They had biological children who had grown up. Irina's adopted parents had been saving for retirement and looking forward to being empty nesters. But a series of events, including some mission trips to orphanages, sparked something powerful in their hearts. The couple had become pen pals with Irina's sister and then decided to adopt both girls. Irina was off to the USA after eight years in an orphanage. She was 12, and the transition wasn't easy. Learning English, becoming part of a new family— getting used to those sweltering South Carolina summers. But God carried her through it all. Several years later, Irina was talking with a young friend named Tanya, who had also invited Jesus into her life after receiving a shoebox at the orphanage. And she had also been adopted by an American family. Tanya said she was shopping for gifts for the annual Operation Christmas Child Collection. Irina had no idea what her friend was talking about. And so she said to me, don't you pack shoeboxes? She was just so shocked that I didn't know. And so she told me, don't you remember when we got our boxes? And I said, well, yes, but I didn't know that. The, and she explained to me, you know, how it works, that the shoeboxes are packed here and that they still are doing it. They are still doing it and sending it to children all around the world. And suddenly I realized that, yes, the orphanage is still full of children where I came from. And there are more children being born every day who don't know Christ. Of course they're still doing it. Of course. So I was excited to, uh, to be a part of it. It was almost collection time for that particular year. Irina scrambled to pack as many shoeboxes as she could, even enlisting the help of her co-workers. When she dropped them off at a local church, a volunteer could tell that Irina wasn't very familiar with how Operation Christmas Child worked. She asked Irina what it cost her to put so much effort into packing those shoeboxes. Irina shared her story of receiving a shoebox at the orphanage, and she has been sharing that story ever since. She packed her first boxes about 12 years ago, and since then, she's married a young man from South Carolina, and they have a little boy. Today, Irina is a stay-at-home mom and a spokesperson for Operation Christmas Child. She is so thankful for the life God has given her with her son and her husband. He's a wonderful man. I thank God for him. I think that's one of the gifts that God has given me is a loving, kind, compassionate, forgiving husband. Um, is now I have uh, you know a family of my own, and I just thank God for that. And I, I just I thank God 
for the abundant grace that He has continued to provide and to show in my life and every believer's life. And He's ready to show that grace to anyone who is ready to receive Him. If you're ready to receive Jesus Christ like Irina Creek did, we want to help you to take that life-changing step. Go to our website. It's findpeacewithgod.net to find out more about who Jesus is and even chat with one of our around-the-clock volunteers. Again, that's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Irina is going to tell us what happened to her father and give us a quick word about the power of forgiveness. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Billy Graham. God, the King of Heaven, has sent you a message in this passage we've just read. What is the message? First, the message is God is the giver of a gift. God gave a person as a gift to every one of us, and that person is Jesus Christ. Secondly, love was the motive of God's gift. His love is for the black man as well as for the white man. It is the whole world that God loves, and God loves you. Thirdly, we find the personalization of God's gift. God made His gift personal to you. I'm convinced that Christ would have died on the cross if I had been the only sinner in the world. He would have given His life if you had been the only one in the world that needed redemption. Lastly, a gift is not a gift unless it is accepted. God does not force His gift on you, but He asks you to receive by faith the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more about the gift of forgiveness and peace that can be yours through a relationship with Jesus Christ, please go to findpeacewithgod.net. So we've had the chance to hear Irina Creek's powerful story, including her journey to faith in Christ and her journey to an adoptive family in the USA. You'll remember that Irina's father went to prison for murder in the former Soviet Union. Years later, Irina found out he had died. Of course, that news was painful, but Irina doesn't suffer from the pain of bitterness. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Irina has forgiven her parents. It helps, I think, to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And we know that because that's what Jesus did for us. He didn't just say the words, I forgive you. He actually came to earth and put himself in our shoes. He felt what we felt and experienced what we experienced. Rejection. He was rejected. Uh, Abuse. Oh, man. He was abused to death. Um, There's nothing that Jesus didn't experience himself. And so he forgives us despite of what we've done. And so we can do the same thing. And especially in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. As a believer, 
I think we have no excuse, honestly. We have no excuse because God enables us in every way to do what He said that we ought to do in order to be vessels for Him. Now, of course, non-believers, there's not much to be said there because until they have that forgiveness themselves, I don't see how they can forgive others. But as believers, we have everything it takes to overcome. He has made us overcomers because He overcame Himself. Irina Creek's freedom to forgive is only possible because she knows she is forgiven and loved by God Himself. What an amazing story she has shared with us. We hope it was an encouragement to you, and we are so glad you listened. We also want to thank Laura Story and Hope Darst for the use of some of their music on this episode. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. G.P.S. God, People, Stories is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. I trust you, God. Trust you've worked it all out. Worked all.